1: Get informed.
0: Individuals and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
2: Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Michael Bostar. He's the Director of Strategy and Implementation at SPARC, S-P-A-R-C. A passionate organizer, Michael produced Blunt Talks San Francisco and helped bring to life Meadow's first ever camping retreat, Meadowlands, God, I wanna go to that. He's a former chief of staff at Kinslips and is now the director of strategy and implementation at Spark, he's a vocal advocate for cannabis and can often be seen at local city council meetings. Spark, whose roots began back as early as 1998 when California's Prop 215 was passed, opened their first retail facility in 2010 on Mission Street in San Francisco. Spark also happens to be NCIA's first official founding member, and their executive director, Eric Pearson, spent many years serving on NCIA's board of directors. Lovely to have you on the show today, Michael.
3: Right on. Thanks for having
2: me. Excited to chat. For sure. Let's get started uh, by getting to know you even more. You've, you've definitely been busy the last few years in the cannabis industry, but I'd like to hear what people did in the before time. What's your background? What other kinds of industries and things did you get into before getting involved in cannabis?
3: Totally. Um, So my first job out of college, uh, I was a program director for UCLA Unicamp. I'm a proud alumni of UCLA, and Unicamp is the official charity of the students of UCLA. And so my job was essentially managing about 400 volunteers to send a little over a thousand low-income LA youth to our resident camp in Big Bear. And, uh, you know, that really gave me just like a foundation in management, you know, in managing volunteers, uh, you really, I think it really built the mindset of, you know, the soldiers and the frontline of the organization are really the, the lifeblood and it and any organization really needs to prioritize their people. And then uh, I think you know anyone going into business honestly should spend at least a little time working at a nonprofit just because you really see the value of every single dollar um, and uh, you know being frugal and putting sweat equity into ideas and um, really making sure that ROI is sound. I think that uh, it's just a great learning place for anyone interested in business. Um, And then additionally, I worked at uh, the fast casual restaurant called Fat Sal's Deli. I was on the corporate team working on culture and uh, community engagement. And, you know, they had five locations, which really was the first uh, opportunity for me to see you know, how to make sure that multiple locations bring a cohesive messaging, feel, experience, and, you know, customer service and uh, lots of opportunities of just uh, building a business that can scale um, and creating that same vibe so that people really understand what it's like to shop in your stores. Um, So, and that's where, you know, I feel like Spark is a great culmination of that because, you know, the, the strategy and implementation essentially, um, you know, I appreciate you mentioning all the, the cannabis stuff, you know, with working at, I've worked in retail, I've organized events, I worked for a manufacturer. And then just personally, I, I love attending the NCIA caucuses. I love attending uh, anything having to do with cannabis. I try to go to multiple events a week, obviously less with COVID now, but um, so I get to apply really this kind of multi-layered understanding of cannabis uh, with implementing processes that Uh, can scale across our organization, which is pretty vast. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I feel like it's a really great culmination of everything I've worked for.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate you mentioning that everyone should have an experience working at a nonprofit uh, to get that. And similarly, when I was thinking when you said that, I think people should also work in a restaurant and do customer service, (laughs) uh, which you also worked for a restaurant industry as well. So that that works out well.
3: Um, So we say. uh, Yeah, just on that one thing I always like to say is that an angry customer is a perfect opportunity to get a customer for life. <laughs> mm, mm. Sure.
2: Yep. Yep. That opens up a can of Karens, but yeah, understood. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I'm I'm curious with with that background, what brought you into the cannabis industry and movement? Um, what's your reason, and how did that come to be?
3: Totally. So, you know, one thing that doesn't get mentioned on the resume is that I was uh, um, we'll, we'll just say a member of the illicit market while at UCLA and made sure that people uh, uh, made sure that uh, close friends uh, stayed medicated. And, uh, you know, as I look back on what are all the different ways to uh, make money and make a career, um, you know, selling cannabis and getting cannabis to people always was one of my favorites. And um, I also, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a white straight man, um, and I'm very aware of my privilege, and I often think about how to best leverage that privilege, and especially in, you know, a work environment where you spend so much of your time thinking about solving a problem. I'm really drawn to cannabis and inspired to work in this industry because, you know, by, by no means is the industry perfect, but it is the first industry I've seen that is making an intentional effort, uh, to create equitable opportunities through equity, um, programs through, you know, women grow is great for, you know, there's, there's been so much intentional energy at opening up the space to people, um, from the foundation that, uh, really is something makes me want to opt in to, to that sort of, uh, industry and if i'm going to be spending my time and you know buy into the overall capitalistic society we live in um i i have loved working in cannabis knowing that my efforts are promoting an industry that is promoting opportunity um we can get into the details of how how perfect or not it is but i think that it's yeah just the intention behind cannabis is unlike anything else i've ever seen and um it's inspiring to work in this industry every day.
2: Yeah, for sure. We, we definitely are trying to instill, uh, you know, enlightened values into our industry. And many of us that are in the industry, not everyone, but a a lot of us came from the activism side, the movement, the advocacy, the, the medical marijuana organizations, uh, before there was, you know, this above above ground industry. Uh, So yeah, we're trying. Massachusetts was a good example of a state that um, set aside a certain number of licenses for people impacted by the war on drugs. So things like that are coming along. And as you said, not perfect, but we're you know, the intention is
3: absolutely there. Absolutely. And and, and as a part of the foundation, you know, I mean, a lot of tech companies and whatnot started creating diversity initiatives and getting chief diversity officers, but it was more of an after the fact once it proved to be like, wow, imagine that diversity helps your bottom line. But it wasn't really until that was proven that those efforts started to come Mm -hmm. out. And um, I just, you know, I think that, it's disruptive times, obviously, with with protesting and and you know our awareness of the systems in place. I think that cannabis, um, you know, if if done well, has the opportunity to not just disrupt you know pharmaceutical retail all these things, but just disrupt business and how we look at creating opportunities and and making sure that there is that activism uh, mindset and community mindset when building even a multi multi multi-billion dollar industry, uh, there's still a way to do it in a way that is inclusive and creates opportunity for as many people as possible.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Well, Spark's a great company to work for if if uh, if those are your values, which we'll get into more after the commercial break. Um, but speaking of Spark, now you are director of strategy and implementation. Uh, let's talk more about what that means. What are you, What are you strategizing and implementing? Uh, right. And and what's going on with uh, Spark in the year 2020?
3: Totally. So, you know, we have a lot of uh, exciting uh, um, new initiatives that are coming out. And, you know, as the strategy and implementation, my my job is to basically both, we're, we're a very uh, flat organization in general. We really try to avoid hierarchy and just focus on getting things done. And um, my job is really to see where are the opportunities, what do we need to get done very quickly. And so uh, This year, um, you know, obviously, especially in response to COVID, we've done a lot of online uh, leveling up our online presence. So, you know, making our website as easy as possible to navigate, making sure we have as many tools and resources available for people online as possible, um, making sure that uh, we're communicating with our customers any changes due to COVID, whether store hours, policies, practices, etc. And um, and that's that's on the retail side, you know. And then additionally, we we're a vertically integrated company, and so we have a farm, and we're making tremendous headway on our farm and our flowering practices. And it's uh, one of the only Demeter certified biodynamic farms uh, in the state. And so we're really excited to have a lot more products kind of coming from that flower as well. Um, our manufacturing space, uh, we have a, we're essentially hoping to get to the point that we can offer. Uh, an in-house product of of every category that you see on the shelf. Um, And we're hoping to be at that point by the end of the year as well.
2: Excellent, well, thank you for that update. And it's also great to hear more about your background as well. Uh, We're gonna take our first commercial break here and then we'll come back and talk more with Michael Bostar and hear more about what's going on with Spark. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your everyday with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of sugies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Plant Profits.
1: I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protis Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protis Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out.
0: Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're chatting with Michael Bostar from Spark, which is one of the oldest dispensaries in the Bay Area, and has been serving medical and now adult use over 21 uh, since 2008. It was just that single location, which I've been to, uh, until expanding to five locations over the last few years, and. Now you're looking to expand even more, it sounds like, which, which that is the dream and ideal for most dispensary owners, I think, that start with a single location. Um, Michael, I'm curious what that process is looking like in California, which people have plenty of grumbles about how things are going in California, lots of regulatory headaches. What kind of hurdles are you coming up against in, in this expansion?
3: For sure. Um, well, you know, first, just to talk about our first little bit of expansion, um, which has been its own, you know, non-linear journey to, to describe <laughs> it at best. Um, you know, to get to our five stores, we've we've done some by just winning applications. Um, we've merged with other retailers. Um, and in some cases, we've done an acquisition and kind of taken over the operational control Um, The common thread that we generally try to focus for, focus on in our uh, expansion is really finding partners um, that align with our business models and our practices. And what that means is essentially we create this common thread of people passionate about cannabis, people who take pride in their work, people who know how to navigate uncharted territory and are really, you know, aren't afraid to get in there and roll their sleeves up is, is, is generally who we work for in that partnership. So, you know, some hurdles that, that leads to different things, you know, obviously there's the regulatory hurdles where, you know, about two thirds of local municipalities in California just have a ban on, uh, on cannabis activity. It's just a non, non uh, discussion item and you can't, operate a business there. Um so that's obviously a portion we have to work with and so what we do there and that's where the the we really see even local local municipalities as potential partners you know it's not just not just a retailer that we might acquire it's where do we want to position ourselves where the the local governments are understanding of cannabis are empathetic to the realities of Uh, bringing cannabis to a town, right? There's a a lot of fear. It requires a lot of education. So that's both with making sure just, you know, the safety protocols, our history of community engagement and, um, you know, cannabis dispensaries are held to such a tremendously high standard that uh, the good news is we've been around so long, it's very deeply rooted into our ethos as a company, we we treat, we treat do our best to treat our employees well, we do our best to engage in the community, um, and we do our best to just be a really positive impact as a company. Um, so the, the difficulties are honestly just sharing that message at a large scale um, mm. to these municipalities that open up. And then on the acquisition and kind of merger level is uh, making sure that we're doing so in a way that you know, makes it clear that our vision is 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 uh, rising tide lifts all ships, and you know there's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of money that's coming into the industry that um uh you know can that has maybe a different agenda that's really focused on profits, and you know absolutely mm-hmm. our goal is to grow, our goal is to have um, lots of locations, but it's also to do so in a way that really preserves that history of California cannabis, focus on community, and continuing that model that's really the foundation of what we built.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. One thing at a time, one foot in front of the other for sure. Yeah. So The hot topic now, whether we like it or not, um, is how we're all dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Lots of discussions going on about that. I'd be interested to hear how Spark is handling this difficult time for both the customers and the employees. Um, What are you doing that's different now than before? And how do you see things either returning to normal or maybe permanently changing?
3: Totally. Um, so, uh, I definitely see things somewhat returning to normal, and also permanently changing. No, uh, it's a yeah. short answer, but uh, you know, through throughout the entirety of this, you know, our, our north star as a company is 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 very much so safety, both of customers and employees. So, you know, immediately when the shelter in place kicked into gear, we we've done everything we can to to mitigate exposure and risk uh, for both parties. So. Um, we shifted primarily to an online model. We actually made it so that orders could only be pickup and delivery, um, just to mitigate in-store exposure for for everyone. So that caused a you know a huge shift in our online marketing, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning. And so we we've really put a lot of energy into making that online experience as good as possible. And so we've added a online chat opportunity, so you know to kind of try to to replicate some of that in-store questions that customers may have um, we've we've launched a featured brands page kind of to replace the in-store demo aspect where where folks can still go to our website and learn about some of the brands we, we have and sometimes take advantage of some discounts as well um, and just really trying to ramp up our online communication and our online presence and so that's where you know it's like Generally, as far as the, the new normal, yes, people will continue to come into stores and that'll start opening up, but we're, we're really making sure that, that to recreate that in-store experience in an online uh, platform as much as possible so that people can still get educated, get the products they need, feel taken care of, and just have a really overall positive retail experience despite not being able to make it into the store
2: yeah yeah we, we've seeing a lot of that here in Colorado as well, except we don't quite have delivery yet, so working on that, wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <that>. yeah, working <laughs> on it. um, so you mentioned, about uh, you know vertical integration and integration, being vertically or fully integrated means you produce or grow some of what you also sell to customers. There's other models that allow a dispensary to sell products from another separate licensee to grow or process, but full integration while expanding your product line <laughs> sounds like a lot to handle. Um, what advice might you have for vertically integrated cannabis companies like yourself.
3: Totally. And, um, uh, you know, I can advise on, on our performance and what's worked so well, but what's kind of fun about this industry in general is there, there is no playbook. There are no Procter and Gambles who have been doing this for 80 years and just have all their, you know, have everything buttoned up. But I would say one, one thing that we, uh, we really try and think about is we call it like the Google problem where, you know, Google is advertising Google Maps, Google Calendar, Gmail, and yet it all has to fall under Google. And so, you know, for us, we have a 500 acre farm in the heart of Sonoma Valley. Uh, we have a 25,000 square foot manufacturing space, and then we have our five retail stores. And so um, making sure that just you're, you're, you have a cohesive, uh, you know, marketing is making sure that your messaging is really explaining the, the gravitas of, of the of the organization and how you know the flour on the shelf is is cultivated through the same with the same quality control um as it's being processed in the manufacturing facility and and you really just get to own that supply chain and then the other you know like real bit of i guess advice that i would say is you know I would say in general right now, the supply chain is your is your lifeline in cannabis, you know, especially like California and most mm-hmm. industries kind of have like a moat around them where you, you're either in the moat or you're out the moat and um, being able to just really make sure that you're buttoned up, you have, uh, you know, your quality control standards, your pricing standards, your timing, and just really not undervaluing that opportunity that you have with all the planning. Um, by owning your own supply chain is probably the best way to fully take advantage of the vertically integrated uh, system. And that's what we really strive to do is, you know, the flowers in. So how can we plan to make sure to have space on the retail shelf when that's going to be ready? Same with any vape products, pre-rolls, you know, et cetera. Um, And just making sure you, you have that as dialed in as possible.
2: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I really appreciated that, um, metaphor or example of Google, Uh, you're absolutely right. They have a ton of products and they're very different, but they all are branded under Google. And I, I, and I can't avoid using their products. It's everywhere. (laughs) Like I use their maps every day. I use, yeah. Yep. Gmail, everything. Absolutely. Uh, I also
3: just figured it was a great opportunity to to compare our little dispensary to uh, Google, you know, so I figured (laughs) I'd take it.
2: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's take uh, our last commercial break and then we'll come back to wrap up our chat with Michael from spark. Stay tuned.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: sweet to the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out.
2: Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. We're chatting with Michael Bostar from Spark, one of the oldest dispensaries in the Bay Area. Uh, And as we're wrapping up our chat, I want to talk about your involvement in NCIA. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, Spark was NCIA's First official founding member, uh, you know, first one to write the check to become a member to NCIA in 2010 or 11, as the industry association here was just forming uh, with our now executive director, Aaron Smith. Um, so I know Aaron has a special place in his heart for the Bay Area and the culture of cannabis in the Bay Area as well. And I wanted to mention Sparks role in the community there of giving back and its roots in compassion, providing cannabis for very ill people in the Bay Area. Um, Could you talk a little more about your compassion program?
3: Totally. So, I mean, the, our founder, Eric, who we've talked about, you know, his early work in cultivating cannabis, one of the main purposes was to provide purely compassionate free cannabis to, uh, the Tree Compassionate Care Center in SF, which is basically for folks who are on hospice or in, you know, rough shape through AIDS, um, and uh, that's really been a part of the foundation of our company. We have a longstanding relationship with various compassion programs in the city and also offer one ourselves, where we just uh, basically donate flour to medical patients in need. Um, we actually just recently um, kind of helped broker almost a uh, donation because donations as of March 1st are now uh you're able to enter them in metric and be compliant in doing a donation in the legal market. So um, we're really also not only just, we actually didn't even, not even with our program, we actually just made an introduction uh, with a distributor who wanted to make a large donation and we connected them with a program as well. So we, you know, have our own and also, you know, aim to be a resource to just create as many opportunities for this compassionate uh, product as possible, especially with the new restraints on the legal market. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, thanks for doing all that work. And and it's nice to hear that metrics catching up with, uh you know, some of the intentions of of our industry uh, to Probably. help and heal. How about that, right? Um. So yeah, NCI's 10-year anniversary is this year. We're kind of celebrating all year long, uh, because it's really cool that there's a legal cannabis industry association for 10 years now. Um, It's kind of fun to reflect. We're asking a lot of people to reflect on all this big picture thinking like, uh, where were you 10 years ago? And could you have ever imagined that cannabis would be legal in this many states for adults or for medical in other states? And also to look into your crystal ball and maybe make some predictions about where you see the cannabis industry 10 years into the future in 2030. Uh, 2030. <laughs> uh, yeah. So lots to think about there. Kind of a fun thing to think about. Any thoughts?
3: Totally. I mean, I would say, you know, 10 years ago, I was uh, telling people like a uh, um, there's a Cat Williams joke that this stuff is way better than the stuff you had last week, and that was my uh, main qualifier <laughs> of uh, of what what made a cannabis product better or not. And obviously now, with testing and everything else, we have a tremendously higher level of understanding of uh, you know product differentiation. And I think that you know in ten years, I really think that's going to just uh, continue to evolve. But you know, one thing that I say all the time is you know just like salt pepper cannabis, and um, I think. People's image of it now with, you know, maybe someone taking a bong rip doesn't necessarily translate to that. But I do think as we understand the effects of various cannabinoids, you know, CBN is on a huge rise right now, THCA, THCV. Um, I really think that people are going to start integrating uh, cannabis, if not just smoking. Um, you know, especially these specific cannabinoids for a lot of everyday use. And we're really going to start to see people incorporating cannabis into their lives at a tremendously higher rate um, over the next 10 years.
2: Yes, yes. We have the science, we have the technology, we have the cannabinoids, we have the terpenes.
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> we're, so. we're putting
2: it all together. Um, I, I, I mention this a lot. I'm really looking. Forward to like cracking that code to reverse engineer exactly what you're looking for, you know. Like, I want I want a strain that will relax me but not put me to sleep. I do not want the munchies. Right. <laughs> you know, all like, those. Yeah, I want the anti-inflammatory properties, the antimicrobial, things like that. Let's get that science. I'm so excited about it.
3: Totally. So here, bold prediction on the NCIA podcast is that in, in 10 years, 23 and me will include a, a strain recommendation with your, with your genetic profile.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man, I hope our social media guy like puts this up on social media when he hears the episode. All right, Vince, you heard. All right. Well, we're in our last minute of the show here. Uh, Where can people find out more about
3: Spark? Totally. Well, you know, um, uh, contact me directly. Uh, absolutely. And I don't know if my email is included, but embostar at spark.co, our website, spark.co. Um, you know, like I said, you can give us feedback on our, on our online presence that I just bragged about um, <laughs> love to know uh, both good and bad, what can be done there. And then, you know, likewise uh, just like we're saying, you know, partnerships, anyone we're, we're we love uh, engaging with the community and, and getting to know other people who share a similar mindset of building this thing in a way that's right and inclusive for as many people as possible.
2: Excellent. It's been lovely talking with you today. Thanks for checking in on the show. Uh, And for our listeners, feel free to go to NCIA's website for all kinds of resources, information. We have a special COVID-19 resource page, We've been doing tons of webinars uh, in the absence of networking events and other in-person type of social events. We brought it all online, uh, so be sure to go to thecannabisindustry.org for more information. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.